Welcome to the Aesthetic Doctor Podcast. We don't shy away and keep secrets here. We empower you with education, telling you the truth about all things aesthetic medicine while encouraging you to be the best version of yourself. It's time to look great and feel good doing it. This is your host, mom, speaker, and board-certified physician, Dr. Judith Borger. Hello, friends. This is Dr. Borger, and welcome to the third episode of the Aesthetic Doctor Podcast. Today, we are going to answer some of your most burning questions about Botox. And thank you so much to everybody who submitted questions. Keep them coming. I love engaging with you guys, and thank you for listening. The first question that I got asked was, what about Botox during pregnancy? And this is a simple one, it's a hard now. Botox has not been studied in pregnant women. It's excluded from all consents. So my recommendation is wear the pregnancy glow and then we'll address your wrinkles after that beautiful baby is born. Because let's be real, kids sort of age you, so you're gonna really need it then. Question two, Botox for depression, how does it work? Yes, I got a lot of questions on the topic of Botox for depression that I mentioned in my initial episode. So we're going to spend some time today talking about Botox for depression. It's really interesting. It's really cutting edge. If any of you saw my stories, like I read through all the heavy duty scientific research to really get you all the answers. What has been shown, and this has actually been shown in multiple randomized controlled trials, is that onobotulinum toxin A, known by the trade name of Botox, was more effective than placebo in all of the studies for depression when it was injected in the 20 to 40 unit range. Most of the time, a starting dose for a frown or forehead is 20 units. So it's not like these are crazy doses, but it also means that you kind of have to appropriately treat. But how does it work? There are many theories, and I'm going to go through a couple of them. The most prevalent one is something called the facial feedback hypothesis. And the cool thing about this is that it was actually Charles Darwin back in 1872 who first proposed this. And when you really think about that, like my mind is freaking blown. I mean, 1872, to come up with something so revolutionary and cutting edge that we're still using it today, like Charles Darwin was just such a genius. Anyway, what he wrote in his theory on the evolution of emotional expression was that, quote, the free expression by outward signs of an emotion intensifies it, and then the repression, as far as this is possible, of all outward signs softens our emotions. And it's really that second part of it that is applicable to how the facial feedback theory is proposed to really be one of the key drivers in how Botox for depression works. What basically what that means is that facial expressions such as frowning 
produce sensory feedback that can negatively influence emotion. So when we then inject Botox, the ongoing emotional responses sort of provide a positive cue, which reduces negative facial feedback to the extent that we have a clinical response that we can measure in randomized controlled trials for depression. In sort of real layman's terms, it means that, you know, as you don't frown anymore, your face sort of sends a feedback loop to the brain that says, wait a minute, we can't be that angry, we can't be that sad, we can't be that depressed, because our face isn't showing it. So, hmm, I guess we're not that depressed. That's kind of what that shows. Like, your your brain gets signals and cues from the environment, including the facial expressions. That feedback is so strong that, as I said, studies have studied it and show significant improvement compared to not injecting a frown. So that was the facial feedback hypothesis. A second hypothesis is the social feedback hypothesis. And I think most of you easily understand that. Basically means by having Botox injected and not having that angry frown, you improve the social interaction with people around and thus you get improved social contact because people respond to you positively and you get what's called benign or positive or good social feedback. So, you know, you it, it's sort of like this virtuous circle of positive mood and social feedback. And I think sort of the persistent improvement of self-esteem kind of comes in here too, you know, like it's the thing I'm always talking about. You show up with a great self-esteem, like people respond to that, right? Like a happy person walks into the room, you feel more happy. They can change the whole mood of a room versus like a depressed, sad, frowning person walks in the room. You're like, oh, what's wrong with them? Like, uh. So that's sort of social feedback. And it's one of those things why I really believe in being your best self is because when you show up your best self, like the world shows up that way to you in return. And, you know, if you want to get scientific with it, there's a thing um, that emotional facial expressions are in the brain limbic system and there's something called a mirror neuron system but we don't really need to go into it but there's actually a real like scientific basis for that i'm going to tell you a little cute story um how that happened to me so when i was pregnant with my third child who is now 21 months old i obviously couldn't do botox right and being an older mom I was 39 when I had him. Obviously, as my Botox wore off during the pregnancy, I definitely had some lines. So that earlier question about pregnancy, yes, I adhere to it myself. And, you know, I understand it sucks, but it's temporary. But my daughter, who is was three or two at the time, she's four now, um, she wasn't used to seeing me. And, and she literally said that to me. She's like, mommy, why do you look angry? Mommy, why do you look angry? Mommy, why are you angry? And I really wanted to be like, I'm not freaking angry. Well, 
I mean, not that I said it like that, but I wanted to be like, I am not angry. My Botox has just worn off and you've never seen me with those 11 lines before today. But even my two-year-old, who's just not used to seeing me with frown lines, suddenly was like, mommy, are you angry? And I was like, no, I'm pregnant. I can't get Botox. Except for I obviously couldn't explain that to, at the time, two-year-old. But that is exactly what sort of the social feedback hypothesis is, as demonstrated by my then two-year-old and my pregnancy status when I had wrinkles for the first time in a while. And of course, I had to then like double smile to make sure my resting face wasn't a frown. Other things um, that have been um, proposed are really have to do with brain neurotransmitters such as um, BDNF um, and, and really like the whole thing is that there's all these neurotransmitters in the hippocampus that when we measure them, like how things like Zoloft and Prozac work, um, Botox actually has an increase in those. So it's real. There's multiple trials and multiple trials that all show the same thing. And so I hope this kind of helps explain the Botox for depression question a little bit more to you. And some of you have kind of hopefully seen that too. Question number three. Ooh, this is a personal one. I didn't know we were going to get this personal this soon. But when did you first get Botox? Ooh, I like this. It's time for the tell all. And I'm here to tell you the truth and not hold back. So here it is. I first got Botox when I was 33. And at the time, I was actually at a dermatologist's office and I was about to graduate from residency like in like a week or so and I was there to have like a precancerous kind of mold taken off and he was like oh you're almost done like let me get you some Botox I think you really need it for your forehead I think you'll love it like blah 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 this is my gift to you and it was really like the drug dealer giving out that free sample of like his drug because he injected those I think at the time it was like a tiny amount maybe like 10 units into my forehead and damn that smoothness kicked in and I was in love so I will not forget that I you know I had been noticing that there was lines on my forehead I think I would have not really seeked it out at that point, but once I got it, I was like, I need to maintain that. And it was just this beautiful smoothness. My little BB cream that I used went on smoother. I just loved it. And I had been feeling like my forehead lines didn't make me look tired. I initially for a while, only got my forehead done and then next came the crow's feed because I've got pretty good smile lines and I have eyes that are a little bit set behind so being a really big smiler they kind of disappear so getting some crow's feed Botox really helps me keep them a little bit open even though I leave a couple of those lines I don't make them all disappear I just kind of soften them and of course now that I do it and I'm in my 40s I got Botox in all the places 
meaning I've got some in my frown. I occasionally do my bunny lines. I've done my chin and so on and so forth. But I think that's all the areas that I've done. Anyways, that was my tell-all about Botox. That was me answering all of your questions. And I hope to see you for the next episode. I'm just going to surprise you with what we're going to talk about. Have a wonderful weekend. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Aesthetic Doctor Podcast with Dr. Judith Borger. We'd love to connect with you outside of the show. Follow Dr. Borger on Instagram at Dr. Borger and find more online and ways to work with Dr. Borger at www.theaestheticdoctor.com. Until next time, be well.